Welcome to our team roundtable podcast, where we explore the hot topic of the week here at CRE Resources. And just a reminder for those tuning in for the first time, CRE Resources is a unique recruitment agency with a single focus of providing CRE staffing for clinical studies across North America. So let's dig in. Angela, what is the hot topic we've discussed this week? Interviews, interviews, and more interviews. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we uh, we we wanted to talk about the topic today because we just had a beloved CRA that we've been representing for quite some time that flunked an interview and it, perhaps it was out of nerves, but the feedback that we received from the client was that she interrupted and that she seemed to dismiss some of the questions or at least the client felt that she was dismissing some of the questions. And we know this lady, she's awesome. So we understand from that feedback that CRAs at all levels can trip and fall face first, face plant right into the middle of an interview (laughs) fail. So we want to talk about that a little bit. And um, the team's kind of come up with a lot of different topics. And I think the first one that we can talk about and we can share some experiences is when you're being asked specifics about your therapeutics. Carrie just had a conversation with someone yesterday. Carrie, if you want to, you can leave the names out to protect the innocent, but uh, about a situation to where you were trying to understand the therapeutic experience for someone, again, that we've placed multiple times and what happened. It was, and she is really in a, let her know this, that she's one of my favorite CRAs, but I'm your partner, so stop trying to sell me on experience that you don't have. Um, She was trying to say that a pulmonary indication was really a CNS indication, which it wasn't. We had talked to her about that experience in the past for another position when she was selling it more as a respiratory. So just being very clear on the experience you really do have, because my goal is for you to be successful at a contract. Mm-hmm. And just because this one isn't a fit doesn't mean that there aren't others that are. That's true. Natalie, you had a similar situation too, did. didn't you? I mm-hmm. did, yes, where the candidate was trying to sell me a certain indication as part of the, you know, that she had experience in that certain indication, but it really was like a sub part of the main study that she was working on. So it wasn't direct experience, which one of our clients was looking for direct experience in a certain indication for at least two years. Um, it was kind of a little disappointing just because they, the individual came across a little abrasive trying to sell her experience and couldn't understand why they're requiring that many years because it sounds like such an easy study. But, you know, at the end of the day, like Carrie said, we are here to find series a good fit. You want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're on a project that you will be successful and you enjoy it. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win situation, not only for them, but for the client and for the study, you know? I agree. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I had a very similar situation as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. tough, isn't it? Because ophthalmology, for example, if you're, well, let me just kind of back up. Maybe you can have a pulmonary study that actually is CNS mm-hmm. based off of the type of study. I think, I think right. cystic fibrosis can sometimes be considered CNS and sometimes respiratory. Allergy can be considered respiratory or it depends on what you're trying to treat. We see that mm-hmm. a lot with ophthalmology, don't we? Is that individuals will say, yes, I've got ophthalmology experience because they've been working, for example, on an Alzheimer's study. And one of the, the things that, that gets 
tested with the drug, perhaps, is, is there any impact to the eyes? So there's a lot of tests mm-hmm. to make sure the eye values don't change. That doesn't make it an ophthalmology study. It's still an Alzheimer's study. You're not treating ophthalmology. Right. You're just making sure you're not having side effects uh, with that. Exactly. But, yeah. And Becky, I think oh, you were going to say something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was just going to piggyback off of that and make sure that we make a distinction between um, our interviews that candidates have with us as the recruiting firm mm-hmm. versus interviews with our um, hiring managers for our clients and how it's really helpful if candidates treat us, our firm, as if they're interviewing for the hiring manager themselves. Um, I Speaking to this therapeutic topic, um, sometimes I run into folks who can't communicate their therapeutic experience to us with specifics, how long ago it was that they monitored that, uh, details of the study, um, how long they did the study for. Um, you know, they'll say, yes, I actually do have that neurology experience or whatever it is that the requirement is for, but I can't remember. Well, if you can't remember and can't articulate it to us, then we're not sure that you can articulate that to the client, you know, so uh, we're sort of the gatekeepers in that way. So make sure that you um, have done your preparation to be able to speak to the things that um, are requirements for the client and make sure you've got all those details handy um, to make a good impression. So I guess that's kind of a way to segue into being prepared as a part of interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree. And and if you're coming to interview with us and we haven't given you a specific therapeutic, then it makes sense that you may not be prepared. But for those individuals that have already passed our qualification process, we only reach out to them whenever there is a specific position. And then we'll say it's cell and gene therapy or it's Alzheimer's or it's depression or whatever it is. When you come to the table to talk to us about it, I would agree, Becky. Make sure that you've refreshed your memory. All of our clients have requirements. Mm-hmm. We're hired by those clients to make sure the candidates we submit meet those requirements. Our hands are tied. There's only so much flexibility that we have. And if you can't show us that you've got that experience, we can't represent you. It's not that we won't. We can't. It's a whole different dichotomy, isn't it? I would agree with that. So then um, segueing a little bit to the being prepared for interviews topic, do we have some points on that? What are the ways that they candidates should be prepared for both our interview and the client's interviews. I think the first thing is be willing to do it. I find that sometimes senior CRAs, and for those of you that are more senior out here, and and Natalie, you mentioned this earlier today, is don't be insulted because we're asking you about your details. I get it. I mean, you've been in the industry for a really long time. If you've truly been in the industry for a really long time, you've got a lot to talk about it. So -hmm. let's talk about it so that we can help you find what to do. But just because you're senior doesn't mean you get to sidestep the process. And the biggest reason for that is there's so much fraudulence out there. You know, and and the candidates that falsify their credentials don't pretend they only have two years experience. They pretend they've got 10, 12, 16 years experience. And we've got to go through the process to confirm the qualifications of each individual, regardless of whether you've been in the industry for two years or 20. It's the same either way. So I had a gal way, way, way years ago and her credentials looked incredible. And it was for a particular project that we had and it was oncology and it was a very it was a very complex project and we'd had some fallout. And so I was asking her to talk to me about her oncology experience and it had been a minute and she was struggling to come up with the details of the project. And she all of a sudden I could feel the energy change on the phone and she almost got combative. And then finally she said to me, 
I take umbrage to you quizzing me on my oncology experience. I have been in this industry for however many years she said she'd been in this industry, and I'm a diamond, and you were lucky to be talking to me. And I was just thinking to myself, I was so floored. I was like, oh, wow. I like totally fall out of my chair right now because I'm thinking to myself, you know, because we really want to be partners to our CRAs. And when we start digging into these questions, it's because these are answers that the client needs to even consider you for an interview. We're trying to help you because we'll write your cover letter. We'll provide those details. It helps to give you a leg up. I was so floored. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Well, thank you for your time. And I just exited the call because I'm like, how do you top that, right? You don't top it at all. This gal, bless her heart, she stalked me for like three months. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can we get? And I was like, no, no. I mean, it's like, no, no. There's no way we're going to revisit that. I mean, where do you go from here? And that's really the thing. And what I want the the CRAs that are listening to this call to understand is that we really are here to be your advocate. That's what we mm-hmm. want to be. And so just treat us like a hiring manager, but be transparent with us too. Tell us what's going on. Help us help you. Right. I, I was just going to say that you took those words right out of my mouth. Help me help you. <laughs> that could really be the uh, title of our roundtable podcast is help us help you. We yes. tend to touch on that topic every time. But yeah, that's a great example. Um, does anybody else have thoughts about the being prepared part of pre-interviewing? Um, well, to me, being prepared is you got to be specific um, when you are being interviewed. Uh, um, definitely the hiring managers would ask for your specific information, um, experience on a specific company. And you got to be ready to explain your wins um, in a particular situation because it, not, it does not only reflect your in-depth experience for that particular job, but it also um, tells all about your character how you were able to turn things in a good way or in a positive way. Love it. Absolutely. And and coming in and, and we offer a lot of behavioral interviewing um, tips on our on our blog, don't we? And so being able to think about those examples and having them ready to go, I think would be a good way to kind of prepare for that. That's a really good point. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, we've talked about being prepared. Um, so what about during the interview? What kinds of things would you guys suggest are tips for interviewing well? Well, Jenny had a really good example earlier today about a gal that she had done a video interview for. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, we had a video interview. So while the candidate was on screen, uh, she was constantly moving throughout the whole interview. So um, standing up, sitting down, leaning over, scratching her nose. Um, and it was it was very distracting while trying to speak with her. So I would just say be aware um, when you're on camera that the other person is, is watching you and you want to look as professional as possible. Um, and, and this lady, honestly, the rest of, of her uh, video was very good. She had a great background that was just kind of very plain and professional looking. She was dressed, you know, business casual. So that honestly, that she was very did a very good job, except for that one aspect. And unfortunately, that was a, a very distracting part of the call. Yeah. It's hard, too, isn't it? Because I'm a squirmer. All of my team <laughs> knows that I cannot sit still for a second. So you've got to come up with a way to be able to train yourself to do that. When Way back in the day, and, and I'm sure, Natalie and Jenny, when you prep people for video calls, you still do it. We talk about making eye contact. It's very difficult on video to make eye contact because 
you're looking at the person that's talking and that is not eye contact on a video. And so being able to stare into the camera and all these tips and tricks, and we have all this on our blog for anybody that's listening. But what I do to keep myself from squirming whenever I'm speaking with the client is I've learned to stare at myself. So I don't look at them. I move my picture underneath the camera and I stare at myself because if I'm staring at myself, I am I know my hands are flailing all over the place or I know that I'm (laughs) squirming in my chair or, you know, that type of thing. And it it does help me to be a little bit more calm. And I'm not nervous. This is not nervous energy. It's I'm just a squirmer. I'm just one of those people (laughs) that move around a lot. But it's a really good point. And knowing that that's a fallback helps you to be able to prepare so that you don't squirm or that you're not moving mm-hmm. around or that type of thing on an interview. It's a really good tip. But you mm-hmm. mentioned background. Anybody got examples for backgrounds? This is always funny. Anybody got examples of crazy background stories? Oh, Angela, I love your story. You've shared this one in other podcasts, so this won't be the first time, but this just encapsulates the idea of making sure that you've got professionalism screaming out your screen when you're on interviews. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I loved this guy. He was with one of our CROs and and he we were a big fan. Loved him. And when I whenever we prep for interviews for videos, we always talk about the light that's coming in the room because light can just kill a video interview. And I was prepping him in the morning, but the video interview with the client was in the afternoon. And so I suggested that he relocate. He was in his kitchen and he said, well, I'm actually not in my office. You know, the cleaners are here, you know, whatever the reason was that he wasn't in his office. He said, but I'll be in my office and the light's a lot better. And I was like, great. So I did not put my eyes on his background. My fault. Well, the next afternoon, he has this interview with the client, and she calls me up hysterically laughing after the interview. She said, I loved him. She said, I I see why you represented him. I loved him. But she said, here's the deal. He had this picture behind him that said, it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's get drunk. Let's get naked and let's dance on the table. And she said, she said, it makes no difference how much I liked him. I just, I can't trust his judgment now. Why would you have that in the background of a video interview? And she said, I, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't move forward with him. But what a perfect example of stop and self-assess your background. Not just the light, mm-hmm. not just how much you're squirming, but actually what's in the background whenever you're having an interview. Oh, absolutely. That tops them all, I think. <laughs> Friday afternoon. Uh, okay. Five o'clock. Let's go get drunk. Let's get naked. Let's dance on the table. But this was like a two o'clock in the afternoon call. It was a <laughs> Anyway. It wasn't even time appropriate. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, perfect. Well, I have a question for the team. One of the last things um, I think we can talk about. Um, what types of questions do you ask your recruiter versus holding those questions to ask the hiring team? I think this topic has come up a couple times. What do you guys think? I would say questions to ask us, the recruiter, would be like, you know, some details as far as the study itself. You know, sometimes we get a lot of details. Sometimes we get the very generic details. So asking questions about the project about um you know the details of 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 where they are in the in the in the trial and things like that 
definitely ask the hiring manager if we don't have those answers to provide to the candidate. Things that I would probably avoid asking the hiring manager during the interview would be like the hourly rates, um, things like if it's a permanent salary position, the salary range, things like that, because that's what we are here to do to represent that information to you when we submit the candidate to the client. Um, that's that's what we're here to do for you, to make sure that you are as competitive as possible with the rates and things like that. And sometimes having those conversations right off the bat when you're interviewing may leave a bad taste as well with the hiring manager because they're probably thinking of it as, well, this person is only concerned about the pay. They're not really concerned about the project and what we're trying to accomplish with our company. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be my input on that. I would agree. There's a timing thing, isn't there? Especially if you're yeah. a permanent hire. And you also have to consider who you're speaking with. If you're speaking with right. us, those are the questions you talk to us about. Because again, help us help you. A lot of individuals that are being represented for the first time by recruiting agencies do not understand that we only get paid when we place you. And mm -hmm. so it, it behooves us to place you. But we're also going to want to get as much money as we can out of you because that's how we get paid. It's a percentage of that. With that being said, if you're speaking to an operations manager, you don't need to be speaking to the operations manager about your salary or the benefits. That's an HR manager question, which okay. is the reason why we prepare all of our candidates ahead of time so the candidates understand who they're going to be speaking with, their role in the company, the hot buttons they might have. And we'll actually talk to you about what type of questions do you have prepared and we'll help you to be better prepared on, well, this person's operations, that's not going to be appropriate. Or this person's executive, you might want to have more of a strategic focus etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's a really good point any other Anybody thoughts else? you guys mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well I do All agree right. with Natalie as far as just keep it project focused mm -hmm. um, that's what they're mainly concerned about because they're still trying to determine if you're a good fit for the team you can always make an educated decision after speaking with the hiring manager and doing your own research if this is something you want to move forward with so you need to focus first on selling yourself if everybody would just come into the interview with the idea that the goal is to sell themselves because nobody has mm -hmm. sold on you yet, no matter how many years of experience you have. That's a yeah, great point, that. Carrie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, too. And um, my business partner has said many times is put yourself in the situation to decline the job opportunity. So go forward and, and ask the right questions. To, to Rachel's point, be prepared to be able to share your experiences. Natalie's point, know about the project from us and, and what you're being represented for. Be prepared. Use us to get prepared. That's what we're here for is to help you get prepared. Get the offer, then make the decision. Mm -hmm. But if get you don't all the get the information offer, that you need first, yeah, exactly. And interview the clients, interview the clients. So often I think people are afraid to ask the client questions. I and everyone that's staring at me right now will attest. All of you guys are here because you have questions for me when I interviewed you. I want to know that you thought about working with this firm. Every hiring manager wants to believe that you've hand selected their opportunity, every single one of them, which means you should have questions for them. What is the culture? Tell me about this project. What have been your challenges? How do you like your EDC system? What type of report writing? How, what are you going to hold me accountable to? How can I be successful for you? There's a ton of them. Be prepared and don't let them be transparent, administrative type questions. Let them be real questions. I've had people ask me a question. I'll give them an answer and they just go to the next question. It should be a discussion. 
It should be as if you're sitting in a coffee house, having a cup of coffee with your hiring manager, talking about how you're going to do this really cool project together and cure cancer or depression or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Absolutely. Such great Mm -hmm. thoughts. Um, All right. Well, I think that's about it for today. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you all for listening. If you want to explore more of our content, you can visit CREresources.com slash blog to check out our latest articles and additional podcasts, especially about interviewing our topic today. You can also sign up to get this content delivered straight to your inbox and feel free to reach out at CREresources.com for more information about our firm. Have a great week.